evening and welcome to another episode of From the Backseat Football Podcast. Yao Felix arrives and says ciao to play football. Brighton march on and leave Liverpool in the mud. Controversial decisions crush Pep's spirit. He never liked the Premier League anyway, apparently. And North London is red as the Gunners cruise past Spurs. All of that and the rest of the Premier League games on today's episode. I'm here today with a post-pub Hugh who's very elated. So no need to ask him <laughs> how you are. More like, how are you feeling? I'm about four or five pints deep, can't even remember. So, <laughs> listeners, you're going to have to forgive any slurs in my voice. Because <laughs> I am absolutely gassed by this North London derby win. I'm not even going to lie. I'm so fucking happy. <laughs> Honestly, we absolutely smashed them. We absolutely smashed them in their own backyard. So, I'm so Amen. ready to jump into this one. I'm so ready to jump into this one, 100%. But how are you, Jack? Doesn't matter how I am, mate. All that matters is Tottenham nil, Arsenal two. Let's go. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> well, this is fresh because we don't usually do a recording this close after a game finishes, but we're changing the mantra. Mm-hmm. And, oh, what a statement win. I had Harrison, our Sunderland fan, who has done a pod over the World Cup, turn to me and say, this is the result that will change people's opinions on the title race. And I agree. Eight points in the lead, literally dominated Spurs from start to finish. Mm-hmm. It's this is dreamland. This is territory that we haven't stepped into as Arsenal's, and oh, we just dominated them. It was so weird. It was so it was, weird. It was Absolutely so banged them. comfortable. Just so easy. Like you just you just looked like you're in control. Never really felt like it was uh, a risk. You probably could have scored a few more if you wanted. Really wanted to, mate. It was Ugh. It was dominant. It was dominant. It was dominant. First half, and they've done it again. Spurs have done it again. They've just decided to sit deep with 10 people behind the, the halfway line. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, Why do mad. they do it? It's mad, isn't it? We just dominated them first half, and they, they conceded too. Could have been, as you say, could have been three or four. You think of Thomas Party's absolute lash from the shin onto the post, and you're like, this is our day. This is our day, 100%. And they had a couple chances. I think the first 15 minutes of the first half, first at 15 minutes of the second half, they could have got one or two, but Ramsdale had an absolute screamer in the Arsenal post. Yes, yes. Uh, nice segue. It was very much the tale of two goalkeepers, wasn't it? And you really? would have, you would have struggled to know which one was the World Cup winning one because uh, Hugo Lloris did not cover himself <laughs> in glory, did he? The first goal, nah. his first ever own goal, which I found surprising, but I guess he made a lot of blunder, but not actually scored own goals. But yeah, just... Just an absolute mess, really. Not really that much danger from Saka's cross, and he just bundled, bundled it in. A lovely finish. Death touch. <laughs> but, yeah. And then you have oh, Ramsdale, so on the other hand, who's just saving everything, dominant in the box, vocal, oh. giving it the big end to the Spurs fans, which we'll get onto at the end, because it's a bit of We'll talk about that. Just learn about that. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. So the pub that we were at was in the border of Peckham and East Dulwich in London just for, for context and it was 99% Arsenal strong <laughs> the only Spurs fan in there was my friend who I was giving it the big and the whole fucking game and he's gone home in tears <laughs> so it's 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 wonderful it's a wonderful feeling we haven't won at Spurs since 2014 who was in the team then Mikel Arteta so it's a massive no massive win I didn't a know that a massive win guys honestly like, for, honestly we've, we, we, we always flop at Spurs' stadium, doesn't matter if it's White Hart Lane or the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, we've always lost. So 
It's a massive statement. We're getting the big wins at the top four, the traditional top four, top six, whatever. Yeah, mate. And um, this is how this is how titles are made. And to capitalise on the Manchester derby, which we will come on to, makes it even sweeter because it's the kind of games that we would choke before. But from the first minute, we were all over them. We were all fucking over them. Our midfield overran them time and time again. Pepe Sarr, never heard of this Tottenham player before. He's in the team. Got absolutely <laughs> done. Couldn't handle yeah, it. Schalberg was... doing his classic shithousery. Now, I'm going on a rant. I'm going on a rant. I'm closing my eyes and going on a rant. Right, Holberg tried his shithousery. Didn't even work. TP5, Thomas Partey, proving himself to be the best CDM in the league. Just absolutely fucking swept up. It was amazing. It was amazing. You know, Zinchenko in the first half was playing like right centre mid. This is how dominant we were. They just conceded all possession and thought they would get a break. Fair enough. Hyung Min Son should have put that away to make it 1-1. We can all we can all agree that a wonder save from Ramsdale has saved us there. But from that point on, we were all over him, mate. And it's, it's just rare to see. It's just rare to see. And as an Arsenal fan... Do we start believing? Eight points in the lead. City looking dodgy, you know? You have to. You have it's to. Still, it's still too early. It's still too early. Next two games are crucial for Arsenal now. Manchester United at home. Manchester City at home. That will be the fucking litmus test to see if we're really made of, of sterner stuff. But yeah. what, a, what a test that we've passed today. What a test. But let's go on to Odegaard, right? Odegaard, what a goal for the second goal. <laughs> so, so good, mate. Another masterclass from the master. Yeah, it's a great goal. He's just so good. I know we've said it a lot, but he's got eight goals, four assists in 17 games. So it's basically a goal and assist, what, every 1.5 games? It's actually ridiculous. Mm. It's actually ridiculous. Mm. He costs 30 mil. He costs 30 mil, guys. I know. That means... By my calculations, he's worth about 400 mil now in, in the current market. So, <laughs> yeah. pretty fucking good deal that, oh. I'd say. Oh, I mean, I, I'm i going to say he's been one of the most informed players in the league this year, so far. He's been one, he's been one of the a best. Hot take. He's, he, no, it's not. He's been one of the best players in the league. Top three best players in the league this season. He's actually unreal. He's a key reason why you're so good. He's gone up a level mm. and elevated everyone around him. Like Nketiah was amazing today as well. Was expecting mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about Nketiah as a as a neutral in this game. But I thought he was really good. I honestly thought he's just like, yeah, he'd just been there for ages. And he just does this. Like, he's super dangerous. He's, and he's, he's really done tricky. It. Since, since January last year, when he also came into the team and Lacazette just dropped off the face of the earth, he has really proven himself as a, as a top-class kind of striker. I I, yeah. I think he is. I think I think the biggest compliment you can pay to Eddie is that we haven't missed Gabriel Jesus at all since he got injured at the World Cup. And that's no. massive. That's massive. So he'll yeah, Jesus will struggle. Good he'll he will struggle to get in the team right now. I think Nketiah is playing really really well to the point where yeah, I don't think Jesus gets in straight away. I think he's got to earn that place because like, I guess he's scoring so. more goals than Jesus and he's he's offering a lot. Saka was great again. I loved it. There was one like there was one like duel in the first half where Longley like chopped and Ketia, then Saka chopped Longley, then Longley chopped Saka, and then oh. eventually Arsenal got the ball. And it was just like this is, this is actually so great. This is the North London derby. It's just like it's just brutal. They're all it clean, never, cleanish challenges, you know. The ball was won, never disappoints, and then the man was absolutely demolished after. And I was like, yeah, this is good. It's this like Arsenal fun. Liverpool. The game never disappoints. There is always controversy. There's so much controversy throughout the game. You know, let's talk about Romero. That chop on Xhaka, right? 
How is that not a second yellow card? He's he's got unbelievable. Away with unbelievable. He's got away with murder though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the replays I did look, and it, it it looked like he didn't really make contact. But regardless, mate, I mean, yeah, it's a yellow card. A... If he wasn't on a yellow, yeah, it's a yellow. Yeah, card. Yeah, did the same challenge matter. and make contact. It was a straight red. So I think he was very lucky. It was a yellow card. I think I think they were just trying to make a game of it because we were so dominant at that point. And fair enough, Spurs did come out in the second half in the first 15 minutes. I thought, you know, if they score here, it's going to be a very nervy game. But 100%. Ramsdale, just shut up shop. And from the 60th minute onwards, I think the belief in, in, in Tottenham ebbed away. And uh, you know what? Tottenham fans are just apathetic at this point because they've been here a million times before. How many times have Tottenham gone down in the first half and then come back firing in the second? It's just not it. good enough. No. It's not good enough for the squad that they have. Simple as that. And like, if you play that poorly against Arsenal, who are the informed team, you're just going to get done. You're, they're not going to let you back in the mm-hmm. game. You can't go two goals behind like they do against Bournemouth, you know, and they claw it back to 2 2. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work against nah. this Arsenal team. You might get one. We haven't got. You're not going to get two. Yeah. No. We haven't got Rob Holding at the back anymore. We've got Saliva and Gabriel, who are mm-hmm. miles ahead of any defence that we've had and we've previously touched on this but that makes the massive difference we can play the high line of confidence and that's what we've done today we just pressed them to death you know Lloris that goal came from us pressing him relentlessly in that first 20 minutes and that, that error he was all over the shop and me and me and Joshua the Spurs fan that I was with at the pub we spoke about it Lloris is always capable of a clagger yeah. and he's done it again he's done it again and this... once that goal went in you just felt it was an awful time for Spurs to concede it really was it was just awful so massive goal all made by Saka he doesn't get enough he doesn't get enough credit he won't have a goal and assist today but he was one of our best players on the pitch compared to Martinelli for example who had a very quiet game so he did yeah just massive massive just to cap it off and as well I'm going to say to you oh yeah sorry you go no 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 you you go This is. I'm, I'm moving us forward so you wrap it up sorry just one more word. We'll talk about Mudrick as well, because obviously we know now he signed for Chelsea. He was at the bridge today. Can't, but... Um... <laughs> That's all right. We'll deal with that in the Chelsea bit. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a little bit of airtime in the Chelsea bit, because it's, all it's I a very say interesting is, deal. I thought maybe that the, the wind would be knocked out of our sails. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a big it's a big L that we took over this weekend, considering I stayed up till 8am just watching Shakhtar's live feed on Twitter to see if there was any activity. <laughs> Next thing you know, Todd Bowley's just hijacked the whole fucking thing and he's at the bridge today on a seven-year deal. Disgusting. But I thought maybe that would have knocked the confidence out of our team a little bit just because it is a bit of an L, but that's how you perform, boys. We don't need anyone when we've got that. That team that came out today is a title-winning team and it was just, yeah, it was just a reaffirmation that as nice as it would have been, doesn't necessarily need to have been. Look, done. mate, you don't need it. Anyway. All I was going to say, just to add the icing on the cake, Smith Rowe is now back, had a few minutes at the end. And that that oh, is yeah. the real reinforcement that you needed, mate, really. I'd rather have Smith Rowe than Mudrick, if I'm honest, because I know Smith Rowe's good. And I just don't wow. know about this guy. But we'll get on to that when we talk about yeah. Chelsea, because that's, that's basically the only thing to talk about, as usual. Another <laughs> week, another transfer. <laughs> Um, Unfucking yeah, believable, mate. isn't it? Fuck's sake. So, I'm going to ask you one last time. Are Arsenal going to win the league yet? Will you be disappointed is, if I they keep don't? saying... Oh, I keep saying no. And by keep saying no, we keep doing well. So, I'm just going to carry on that form and say no. Talk to me two games down the line. Manchester United, Manchester City. Massive games. If we beat them too, 
We're in dream. If you meet them too, mate, it's, eight, it's it's over. Honestly, like I'm so cautious. I'm so cautious. No, no, I no, just, it's, it's good, mate. That's you know. I, you, I can't let myself doing, believe. Look, you're doing a classic football manager, taking the pressure off, just being like, look, we're just taking it one game at a time, lads, as always. One game at a time. One game at a time. Where we end up is where we deserve to end up. But as an Arsenal fan, this ride so far that Mikel's brought us, oh, it's just amazing. This, this is the best the dream, season mate. since maybe 05-06 where we got to the Champions League final. This is how hype it is. Honestly, God damn. We, we, are, we are 20 games away from history and that's mental. Considering how competitive the league is this year. You know, you've got Newcastle fighting again, Manchester United fighting again. Fair enough, Liverpool and Chelsea are falling away a little bit, but going <laughs> Wait, into the season, me. there was no chance you would put us in top two. <laughs> there was no chance you would have put us in top two. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. nah. It's, it's a fair point, though. Definitely wouldn't have had you eight points clear after 18 games. No, that's, no, that's no way. Mad. No fucking way. Most 14 points ahead of Tottenham right now. Yeah, like fourth, Crazy fifth, stuff, battling for mate. fourth, potentially. So, yeah. It's 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 great. The Arsenal team just looks really good. And that's yeah, that's just the thing. I feel like neutrals will get converted today. Neutrals will watch us play and be like, "Oh shit! Like this is real. This isn't a fluke. This is real." We're looking at that table, this is so real. <laughs> it just yeah, but so. it's like it just looks good. Like you see that this is a good team. There's not actually a very clear weakness, and you score so many different kinds of goals. Score goals from inside the box, outside the box, from crosses, from corners. It's just like, you just get absolutely battered by Arsenal at the moment. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's a maturity and a completeness to the team that hasn't been there. You know where, like, previously you might have been like, oh, we've got we've got a couple of really good players, so maybe we can, like, edge it. But now it's just like, someone's going to someone's gonna do it because they're all really good and they work so much better together. Yeah. It's all there. I think Arteta's put it all together now. I think so. Harry Kane was so quiet. He was playing left wing back, for God's sakes, most of the game. Couldn't get the yeah. ball up front. So he was dropping was... deep and that's how you play Tottenham. Get him out. Mm. Get him out of our half. Just just double man him. And Thomas Partey, oh, doesn't get enough credit. He was so good today. So, so good today. Oh, I love this team. I love this team. <laughs> I love this game. Oh, my goodness. I love but this game. in the spirit... In the spirit of it, we're going to move on from Arsenal because this wasn't the only tasty derby that we've had this week with some controversy. No, no, no. Manchester mm-hmm. United 2, Manchester City 1. Massive seismic result for the uh, for the yeah. Red Bank Unions. No one was seeing this coming, eh? Yeah, mate. London, North London is red. Manny is red. It's, it's big. This is big. Ironically, going into it, you kind of felt like both teams had a good chance of winning. Because Man United are in mm-hmm. such good form right now. For the first time in like five years, it was an actual contest. And so the result is actually not as much of a surprise as more of just affirmation that Ted Hag is doing absolute bits. And Oh, yeah, massively. Some controversy, which almost just feels very appropriate, you know? It's not really a Old Trafford until there's a little bit of referee controversy that goes their way. That's just like, they're back. They're back. They're getting the dodgy decisions. No, Alex Ferguson's in the VAR technical room, just having a word. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't give that if I were you, mate. <laughs> and they're back. Man United's yeah. culture is back. They're a big club. Look, let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about it. Was it offside or not? 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 
100 he's literally he's literally carrying oh. the ball yeah he didn't touch it but he's standing over it he's not letting anyone else have it the whole way oh, I do not understand 100%. I do not understand how that wasn't given as an offside it's mental it is, I, it I honestly the feel like interference I've ever seen like sometimes someone stands in front oh. of the goalie and you're like that's maybe interference maybe you can't see Rashford's actually running with the ball for about 10 metres it's like there's absolutely no excuse for that not being given as as offside there's just no excuse there's no excuse like he he, he drew two fucking defenders away from the ball so Fernandez exactly. could sweep it in exactly. <laughs> is that you not got Edison, you got out of position oh it's mental so that was I can see why Pep was annoyed but as a Liverpool fan right now I'm just enjoying seeing Pep get a little bit rattled personally and so yeah, I mean, took a little bit of pleasure from what do that. you what do you think about his comments after the game that picked up a lot of traction the whole mm. I don't care about the Premier League I don't care about the Carabao Cup <laughs> <So sorry. laughs> which is also a very silly thing to say when you're not that far away realistically still got to play Arsenal twice and also he fucking loves the FA Cup. He loves the domestic cup so much. So, yeah, that's why occasionally those post the post match interviews are good because you will get some very spicy comments from people when they're like very wound up in the heat at the moment. And Pep is, we know he can get a bit wound up. So yeah, very. Oh, I don't think he's dropped points. Well, he didn't drop points against Southampton, to be fair. But two L's in a row. This is this is crisis talk for a team like City, isn't it? You know, was yeah. Harlan playing? Didn't see him. Didn't see him, to be honest with you. You know, yeah. where was he? Got shackled. Honestly, post World Cup. That's a very good point, mate. Very good point. He's not been the same, has he? I said to you before, you know, our City playing at a detriment to their own fucking. to their own play by incorporating someone like Harlan into the team. And it felt like that. It feels like that, you know? It is very interesting, isn't it? How the three highest performing teams last season were. City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, and now they're all just they're all just dipping a little bit. City much less spectacularly, but they're not quite as good as last season. And now there's like a, a more interesting push. It's Man United, Newcastle, and Arsenal that are now pushing up. Spurs are just staying the same, just being Spurs and sitting in fifth. Obviously, but Amen. it's very interesting how much things have changed within seven months compared to last season. I don't think anyone would have seen this coming. No, completely agree. Completely agree, and it's hard to pinpoint. You know, there have been some worrying signs from from City. The way that Gundogan spoke in his post press interview, I think it was after Southampton, where he said, "You know, something's missing. There's something about the team right now. We don't have the same." I think he used the word desire. I could be wrong, but along those lines, he was saying that something is missing compared to previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Is it complacency creeping into to City a little bit? I wonder. Maybe. Four four titles in five years. Maybe it would be easy to get complacent. I think complacency is definitely there, but also I just think like they sold Sterling and they sold Jesus and they sold Zinchenko and they, they, they mm. pin their hopes on Grealish basically. And Grealish just doesn't have the output of any of those players. And so they've just lost like 15 goals basically from getting rid of Sterling. Mm. Sterling's like phenomenal. Don't really know why that happened because like it's not worked out for him. It's not worked out for Chelsea. It's not worked out for City. Just a really silly transfer for everyone. And I feel like Sterling fell out of love with City and the City fell out of love with Sterling. Which is mm. weird. Yeah, but it's just like there were there were points where he was their best player. So they basically sold their best player or, or like their third top three most important players 
And yeah, I don't know. They they just weakened themselves unnecessarily, really. And they just bought Haaland, who is excellent. But it was a very finely tuned machine that didn't really need to be changed. Mm. Mm. I feel like they kind of did a Ferguson where at your strongest, you then change the team. Mm-hmm. And I get that. I feel like they get that. But maybe the mistake they made was they strengthened their immediate rivals. We've spoken about it before mm-hmm. as a joke, but clearly they didn't consider Arsenal as any threat to where their position was. Yeah. And maybe maybe they've made a short-sighted mistake. I do feel that their team, give it another year, maybe the season's out the window now. It's too soon to say with City, but let's just say hypothetically. Next year, whole different beast. You know, they will learn from these mistakes, but mm-hmm. it's rare. But even now, I was talking to people at the pub and it was like, look, City are only eight points behind and they've got to play us twice. And that is the general consensus, is that City are not out of this race by any means, despite the results that have come in recently. No not way. All, mate. We know what they can do. They can put together 16 wins in a row and just, and just yeah, just yeah. dominate. Because once yeah. they build up momentum, they're basically unstoppable. It's just now, while they're a bit rocky, how many points will they leave themselves to catch up? That's the main question. Because mm. you know at some point, they're going to sort it out and they're going to become that machine again. But yeah, like, De Bruyne with another assist in this game. I don't know how many assists he's got in general in the Premier League, but he's got to be getting close to like, sort of the top five or top ten at this point, if he's not already there. Grealish with his first goal in 16 Premier League games. What a flop. Mental. It's a good header though. Mm. It was a good header. It was a good goal. And you felt at 60 minutes, you know, they were controlling the match without really dominating the match, if that makes any yeah. sense to the viewers. But you felt like Ten Hag and, and, and United had a way back in if they could just kind of piece it all together. And you've right, quite rightly said, shout out to Casemiro, who I think is the major difference in this United team. And everyone's been saying, like, we need a central defensive mid. It's so true. They really did need a central defensive mid. Imagine if Pogba was still in this team. Imagine if Pogba <laughs> Mate, was playing with Casemiro. That, that would be Fuck, something, you man. know. That would be something. Instead of Fred, Pogba, you're so right. But look, they saw it in the end. He was monstrous in this game. Like, he's, just, he's actually just a beast. Like, he's actually just disturbingly mm. good. He's always in the right place. He always makes the right challenge. He's got... It's kind of like Fabinho, but then he's got way more in terms of going forward but he's got that knack for always making like a very difficult challenge look really clean and easy he's got really long legs but then he also mm, has the ability to carry yeah. the ball all the way up the pitch do like unreal passes and then finish off moves as well he's just he's just phenomenal and then, yeah I think my favourite thing about Casemiro is he fucking loves it as well I saw yeah. his celebrations for the for the for the for the winner. Literally headlocking these two kids. We should probably check up on them, see if their vertebrae are all right because he was squeezing them hard. Yeah, I was a little worried. But he was squeezing them hard because <laughs> the adrenaline honestly, was pumping, mate, through him. But like, honestly, someone check up on those two kids because goodness me, I hope they're all right. <laughs> you love to see it. Oh, you? you love to see you it. You do. And you do. As someone, no, someone who's won it all. At Madrid, yeah. you think he's coming here for a payday. That is not the case. United no. fans, he's here to win. He's here to propel this team to where it wants to be. And I think Ten Hag got it spot on. Rashford continues his absolutely terrifying form. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. It's great to see him in form. He's playing so well. And I think United yeah, fans really should be excited too. by what Ten Hag has done. I think Ten Hag Mate. has not had it easy since he came in. No, mate, he's... The work he's done is actually... Right now, he's probably only second to Arteta in manager of the season. For me, anyway. 
because Think he so. took over an absolute mess. And that's now nine wins in a row, level on sorts, level on points with City. Bearing in mind, last time they played Old Trafford, they got smashed 6-3. And it was basically 6-1, if, we, if we're being, you know, honest. And yeah, yeah. big turnarounds. He is, he's actually smashing it. I can't believe how well United have managed to hire their manager finally. After so many duds, they've actually got the right person. It's because he's got the bollocks to actually make these massive decisions like getting rid of Ronaldo. Fuck the commercial, you know, nonsense. Get rid. He's a detriment to our team. And he did that. Yeah. And they're better for it. It's crazy. No, yeah. I think Ten Hag needs... Let's give Ten Hag his flowers because he's done a terrific job at turning that ship around. And make no mistake, United are in this title race and looking at the most dangerous teams of threatening Arsenal's position right now, which no one would have suspected saying a couple months ago. So, full credit. Mm -hmm. Now, Now. speaking of title races... (laughs) Uh, Liverpool could not be considered part of that race, unfortunately. We're very much part of the uh, Conference League uh, crisis qualification challenge, along with Chelsea. We're having fun, you know. We're scrapping in mid-table. The best team won. Brighton 3, Liverpool nil. Honestly, can't have any complaints. I wrote my notes. The biggest compliment and the worst criticism, depending on your perspective, was that the most shocking result would have been a comfortable Liverpool win. You felt like a Brighton win was probably most likely. A draw would have been decent. Definitely. But yeah, 3-0 Liverpool win felt very, very unlikely. And that proved to be exactly the case. Um, Solly March with two goals, one assist. The first time he scored two goals in a game. he He's peaking, mate. He's stolen the baton from Almiron. He's stolen the power and he's running with it. He's got three goals and one assist in his last two games this year. Which is more Premier League goals in 2023 than City, Chelsea, Liverpool and Everton. Mm, interesting. But yeah, just oh. a great bought for 5k from Lewis, mate. From Lewis, he's a proper Sussex boy, mate. And you know, we are Sussex boys too, so it's so nice to see him doing well. Like this guy, this guy actually went to school with one of my with one of my good friends. You know, I'm just name dropping right now. Uh, he went to a private school, obviously, with a name like Solly March. Um, <laughs> but he's been at, he's been at Brighton since 2011, I think. So he's a proper yeah. Brighton boy been through the whole kind of journey from from championship promotion all the way to fucking Europa League contenders let's just say it as it is mate Europa League contenders they, right now and they played 100%. unbelievably well now I'm gonna just say it Matoma had Trent on what was Trent doing pushing up to the right hand side Matoma was just right. left with acres of space and all the goals I'm sorry to say I don't want to say it but it's the truth come from that side it, they've come from yeah. that side. That is one one of many, many, many problems. At this point, until we get rid of this high line, we're fucked, basically, is the realisation that I'm having. We can't we can't play this line without confidence, so we just got to take it back. No. Take it back to basics, bring the line back a little bit, just work on not conceding for a few games, and then we can get a bit braver. But right now, we're playing like, you know, we have the confidence of last season, and it's just it's so easy. It's actually so easy. You just play any ball it's over too easy. left back, right back. Both of them are going to get caught slipping. And we don't have loads of pace, it turns out, anymore. So it's quite easy to just run through. So I'm not surprised that Brighton smashed us because they've got a really good midfield. They're a very intelligent team. And Deserby's tactics are lure people out, 
with the centre backs. Oh, and then just go played along, into their hands. They literally lured you time after time. And the thing is, is like I would notice this about Liverpool. They're not even pressing anymore. You're actually keeping no. quite like a not a low block, but your mid your your attackers aren't pressing like Sadio Mane. All our team season. is basically very fucking the, tight, the circle. Yeah, it's odd. It's odd. So we're trying to do half of the pressing. So it's yeah. Yeah. So we got the we got the worst of both. Sense. We don't have the high press. We just have the high line now. So yeah, it's, mm. it's dumb. Mm. So yeah, we mm. are we are struggles. I'll be honest. Matip looked like he he wasn't ready to cover what VVD does for Trent usually in this Liverpool team and Hendo even Fabinho let's be fair Hendo and Fabinho look like a shadow of their previous incarnations which they is they just look worrying, they look old now you know? a lot of these players just look old I don't know what's happened mm. Um, mm. we have had some pretty horrendous injuries which has probably made an impact but it's no excuse for getting smashed free by three goals to Brentford and then Brighton back to back it's not a good look. They are the two best-run clubs in the league, arguably, but it just shows you, mate, how quickly things can change from being, you know, second by a point Champions League finalist last season to just in in the mix for the Europa League and just getting smashed by the the teams above and below you, and justifiably can't say that they, they didn't deserve it. So yeah, Brighton on a roll, Deserby deserves a lot of credit. I feel like he's improved the potency. Brighton he's used yeah. a lot of players that they already had he hasn't brought in anyone particularly of note he's just making them better this Ferguson guy that he's found down the side of the sofa Poor. such a good striker Baron Graham. yeah so assist for the second goal and let's yeah. talk about Brighton because I remember when Potter obviously left for Chelsea and I mm. uh, the news broke out that Deserby was going to be the man to replace him and I thought it would be overwhelmingly negative because it's quite a negative thing Chelsea have just come and you know, uprooted a great thing at what they were building. But they were ecstatic. They felt like he was going to be an upgrade. And these guys obviously know ball because Deserby, I feel like, has come in and done, if not a better job. I feel like they've played, I feel like they played yesterday their best game of the season. Yeah. Um, it was flawless. It was flawless. It was, it was, what's the word? It was like, it was like Cavalier, you know? They were just so brave. They were like, yeah, come press us. And then they just played it through the midfield. And then next week, you know, Matoma's in about two million acres of space because Trent's decided to mm-hmm. go for an absolute wonder. It's, yeah, honestly, I was so impressed with Brian yesterday. And 3-0 flat as Liverpool, hate to say it. They could have been 4 it or does, 5. It does, mate. Just as it did against Brentford, it could have been 4 or 5. And yeah, that seventh season syndrome of Klopp is kicking in big time now. Like, we look bad. Mm. He doesn't seem to want to change anything either. So we just keep playing bad with the high line. And, you know, no one's invulnerable. I like Klopp and I like him to stay, but he he is being a bit stubborn right now. It's pretty obvious what the issue is. Just just pull it back. Just put, there's no shame in it. Just pull it back. Just pull the pens back. Let's just calm down. We've got. High I don't know if he's ever done today. that. We can nick yeah. some goals on the break. Easy. It's too early yeah. to judge Gakpo because you know that was like being thrown into the fire. Bless him. I feel yeah, like had Louis Diaz been available, Nunes be available, Yotta be available, then he wouldn't have started. So it's too soon to kind of make any judgment on that. But he had a very quiet game, for what it's worth. Yeah, he did. But I think it was probably our worst performance of the season. So he didn't. He didn't have a chance, mate. Really. Um, and a shout out he to Welbs as well with a wonder goal. That guy Welbs oh, still doing it. That guy Welbs doing bits, man. That little lift over, little first time finish. Goodness me. Yeah. They were they were taking the piss at that point. They were taking the piss. I know. Um, all right, let's move on. So, 
we'll do we'll do one more set of games. What we're going to, what we're going to try and do is just bang through Chelsea real quick. You're like this, basically Fulham two, Chelsea one. We're just going to touch on this because we've got another game to talk about Chelsea, but it's just it's just funny, isn't it? It's just it's just funny. Let's so just talk, talk about, about the main bit. thing. Just talk yeah. about the main thing first. Come on. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse for Chelsea, old boy William opens the scoring. And then, just to cap it off, new signing Yao Felix, aka the most expensive loan signing in history, because that's what Chelsea do, mate. They're history makers when it comes to money. <laughs> the whole challenge. We've got a red card. So that's him done for Jan. And that red card's going to cost Chelsea about 1.5 mil. Um, More yeah, two point four mil. Someone on Twitter done the math. Crazy. How much? Crazy. And it was definitely a red two point four mil. So they've worked out sixteen mil, and they've worked out that he will cost zero point eight mil a game with wages included in that loan fee. So that's two point four mil that he is already just robbed them. Zero point eight mil a game for an attacking mm-hmm. midfielder. And he just play. signed a new contract with Atletico before signing this. So it's not even a chance of getting him back. If they do, they'll be paying a hundred mil easy. So it's just awful. Awful signings from fucking Todd Bowley, but we'll come on to that on the next Chelsea game. That's yes, coming we up. Will. I um, wonder who was linked with Yao Felix that made Todd Bowley press the button. I wonder who it was. Um, was, it, was it Man United? I don't was it know. Arsenal? Arsenal United were in, but I think both balked at the what Atletico were demanding, but not Todd. Todd saw value where others saw madness. <laughs> you see, you know the irony and is he went all could in. work out, but I'm not feeling convinced. If I'm honest, <laughs> um, but yeah, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea lost. Fulham bossed it again. They deserve their win. And Chelsea, crisis club number two after Liverpool, but they had a chance to improve mm. things on Sunday against Palace, and they made it count with a pretty dull but very very vital three points, and they won one nil. Massive. Chelsea won. Crystal massive. Palace nil. Um, no, it's massive. Talk about the and game. they needed that, and they played really well. I'll yeah. be honest. I'm going to give it Chelsea. to Chelsea. They actually dominated the game. They did play well, but Palace had a reasonable amount of chances. But Kepa had another good game. His resurrection in goal kind of kept them in it. And then, yeah, Chelsea made enough to win comfortably. Um, they were guilty of missing quite a few good chances. Havertz, in particular, missed a few, but he got the winner. And Chelsea Always. fans love him. So I continue to not understand him, but that's probably just on me because I don't watch him enough. Um. One thing I do want to highlight, yeah. Yeah. Chelsea fans, I hate to break it to you, but 18-year-old Lewis Hall <laughs> has been starting a left wing back for the last few games. Now, I did Google this because I assumed that Kukurea was injured. He's not. He's not even injured. Nope. It's just <laughs> not <Nope>. that good. <laughs> not going to say we told you so, but... He is not very is good. It is what it is. Turns he's out. not very good at football, Kukurea. And Brighton pulled your pants down. Yeah, and they've got an even better left back called Estepinian for a quarter of the price. So, snooze mm-hmm. you lose, Chelsea fans. Todd, welcome to English football. Um, yeah, it's not a lot to talk about with this game other than Chelsea, you know, pulled out fire. Fair play to them. They dominated Crystal Palace, which could have been a tricky game. And after a loss, it's a bogey Fulham, team for them. It's a, it's a bogey loss. team for them. It's a bogey there's been team. been a few shock results at the bridge for Palace in like the last five years. I think there's been at least two where they've just won like 3 0 out of nowhere so I think it's a good win I thought Conor Gallagher had his best game under Potter like he was back to doing what he does best mm-hmm. box to box mm-hmm. good link up just looks like himself mm-hmm. and I hope that that continues yeah. but I suspect he will get churned up in the transfer machine um, and push that it was it was quite an interesting lineup. you had Chukwakema 
Oh, he didn't say his name right there. In the middle, you know, you had Lewis Hall at left back. You had Badashile make his debut. It was a sign of the new Chelsea that the Potter's evidently trying to... Well, Bowley and Potter are trying to build. So, yeah, I think there's something to be excited about. I think Chelsea's fans just need to write off this season in terms of achieving anything and just build on Potterball. Get behind your manager. Get behind your team. You know, you've got a lot of exciting new signings. And let's talk about it. Mudrick <laughs> was at the bridge. Traitor. Traitor. <laughs> I've already sent him hate on Instagram and unfollowed him. Don't worry, oh. Arsenal fans. I've had enough, honestly. I can't believe it. Seven-year contract, so 100 mil. What I will say about these seven-year contracts is there's a reason why Bro. football clubs don't do it. <laughs> there's a it's... reason why football clubs don't do this. And it will, it will burn them. It will it's burn. 8.5. It's 8.5 year contract. <laughs> <laughs> so he's on a hundred grand a week for eight and a half years. Now I'll be honest, oh. that contract is wild. That contract is insane, and they've done it to a lot There's of the new signings. Six years minimum to all of the young players that they sign. Now what Todd is not understanding is that fifty percent of these signings aren't going to work out. And then mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to get rid of them for like six years potentially on these kind of contracts. Like, imagine if we'd given Navigator an eight-year contract, we'd still be stuck with a Think guy about for five it. years. Think about it, Pepe, Nicholas Pepe. Think about Di Maria. Imagine giving him a seven-year contract. It was done within yeah. six months. Like, it's mental that they're doing it but I understand why Mudrick signed for him we were offering like 50k a week they were offering 200k a week on an 8 year contract it's a no brainer for Mudrick like you want to get out of your war torn country but my mm-hmm. god has there ever been a player that twerked for one club so much then go sign for their rivals I don't think yeah. this is this is 2020 in a nutshell in terms of football like this is wild and I can't wait because Arsenal fans are going to give him hell <laughs> Arsenal fans are going to give him hell. It's not even his fault. He's had no option. It was Shakhtar or Chelsea. I get that. But oh my God, mate. I'm fuming. And I'm quite. He didn't even look that thrilled, mate, in his photo shoot. He didn't even look that He really doesn't. He's like, I don't even want to be here. Yeah. But there you go. I get it. You know, money talks. Um, What I will say is what I was saying to you, mate. I honestly don't think he's that good. And I'm pretty sure for 100 mil, he's going to be worth we don't know. half of that. We don't know. I honestly, but I think I, coming I, to this Chelsea team, it's going to be hard for him because the expectations are massive now. Like, he would have been bedded in a, a team at Arsenal. I think it would be different. I think Arteta had a plan. I think Arteta had a plan to develop him. I think Chelsea don't have a plan. They're just like, we need a winger. Oh, he's meant to be really highly rated. Should we just gazump him and just fucking take it? You know, like, there's a difference. Like, there's a real difference. And in a way, I'm glad that we had a high maximum valuation and we stuck by it because that shows that we have a vision and a plan. It's not just yeah, money ball. Sensible, it's not even money ball. It's a sensible it's, decision. It's a sensible thing. It hurts, guys. It fucking hurts, guys. Like, I get it. It hurts me too. But I think let the dust settle when you realise, you know, after a result like today, we didn't necessarily need to go for him. We are just in a very luxurious place. So... Let's see. Let's see. But honestly, yeah. he's going to get two-footed when they come to the Emirates and I'm all here for it. So. <laughs> I know only one man up to that job. His name is Xhaka and he's going to send uh, it. <laughs> nah, mate, it's going to be even more controversial. Zinni's going to come flying in with a karate kick and be like, that's what we do, son. That's what we do. <laughs> Don't fuck with my wife. Don't say stuff to my wife like that and then sign for Chelsea, bro. Goodness oh, me. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. 
I forgot about this. He's been twerking since the summer, bro. He's been twerking since the summer for us. And now he's signed for Chelsea, mate. What the hell, dude? That is a blow. That's like a dagger to the heart. It always happens to Arsenal as well. So I had a big night Friday and I got back at like, I'm just going to say, I got back at like 6am and then Shakhtar put this little post up on their English channel with two eyes saying news incoming. So then I stayed up for three hours waiting for this update. You know what it was? Mudrick winning Shakhtar player of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Doing us so dirty, dude. They're honestly hurting feelings out here right now. And then Todd, when David Ornstein announced it on Twitter, my weekend was ruined, man. Like, how are you going to do this? It's so unethical, Todd. Like, you don't do this, mate. So, I think Karma's going to come around and buy it. I think Karma's going to come and buy it. And there's a reason why football clubs do not operate in this way. There's just a reason. Mm-hmm. So, oh, anyway, let's move on. Let's have a break. This yeah. is our longest segment let's take in about a break. two months. So, God yeah, bless. Let's take a break. But look, you had to vent. It's all good. Welcome back to From the Backseat Football Podcast. We are going to run through the next games from this weekend's fixtures. We have Nottingham Forest 2, Leicester City 0. No, we don't. (laughs) We have Everton 1, Southampton (laughs) 2. Get ahead of yourself, though. Lampard out, no? Yeah, well, yeah. Lampard out. This... This is potentially Lampard out because this was the first the first of a few six-pointers this weekend. But I'd say the two worst teams in terms of form going head-to-head. So this, this was a big one. I'd say this was the biggest one of all of them. And both of them just needed to win. Any win, you know, a deflected goal, a scrappy win, anything. Doesn't anything. matter. And Doesn't matter. At Goodison, it was pretty toxic before kickoff. There were a lot of protests against the owners. There was a sit-in. I don't really understand what a sit-in is. Mm. So I believe that you're already sitting when you watch football, but maybe I'm missing the key thing. I would think it's more effective to... Is it just go, like refusing to leave whatever. the stadium? Yeah. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, just... well, people pay for season tickets, don't they? Yeah. It's hard. I get it, it's short-term hard. Short-term pain. It's the hope that kills you. And all that. But yeah, I don't know. I thought that was weird, but... There you go. Southampton came off the back of a comprehensive and brilliant, truly brilliant win against City. And you felt like whoever scored the first goal would probably win. And it was Everton. They scored a great header from Anana. And I thought, that's it. Everton's going to win. It's done. But in James Ward-Prowse, Southampton have probably the best player in the bottom half of the league. Definitely one of the best weapons in the Premier League. It's a very unique skill set that he offers. And I think some credit should go to Nathan Jones because... He's been getting very little credit since Massive. he took the job. But he's pushed up James Will Prowse into that cam position. He's much closer to um, Che Adams now. So we know Che Adams. We know what he's about. He knocks balls down. He runs hard. And then he can't oh, finish. Yeah. So by mm-hmm. capitalising on the things he's good at and moving James Will Prowse closer, that's how you get goals like the first goal. Where Adams knocks it down. Will Prowse goes past the defender. Then just slots it in. And you're like, that's it? They've created a combination, which Southampton just haven't had mm. for some reason. It sounds quite basic, but it works really well. No. You felt like Southampton had to build off that City win, and didn't they just against a team, like you say, 
a very big win against a team in a very similar situation. But I did want to touch on my favourite headline coming out of this game, which I think sums up where Everton are at. Mm -hmm. Ready for this? Everton... (laughs) Everton CEO, Barrett Baxendale, put in headlock by fan. (laughs) (laughs) No! What? Oh, it's literally the poor. She's a, she's a woman as well. It's awful, but she must have been in the board. You know where the board have their area in the stadium. Yeah. The fans put her in headlock. <laughs> oh like God. this is severe. This is so bad, so dude. Fun. That is awful. But I can't help but laugh. I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess from top to bottom. South, uh, sorry, Lampard's not that guy. The goal came from a, you know, it came from a set piece. And for me, set piece goals, doesn't matter what your form's like, sometimes they will go in. You know, that's the thing with set pieces is that it's yeah. a flip of the coin most of the 100%. time. You can do your best to prepare for it, but it does, it's not a measure of you dominating as a football team or your football. And they just let Southampton come back in. You know, Ward-Prowse did them dirty. Do not give him free kicks. He loves a free kick. Yeah, you so, saw that as well. Anthony I, Gordon came steaming in. He looked really stroppy, Gordon, when he came on. Just gave away the free kick that mm. led to... Mm-hmm. This is the thing with Ward Prowse. He's so good at free kicks now that it, you're actually better off just letting him go. Just let him run. Southampton aren't that good at finishing. Yeah, no, no, let, them let him go. let shot and open play. No, exactly. I mean, we just spoke about set pieces. It's lucky. You know, Southampton were lucky, but they, they took their luck and they made sure that Everton nullified. So, yeah. I think Lampard's got to go. I think Everton are in real trouble now. Real but, fucking yeah. trouble. I don't even so. know what you do with it, really, Everton. Because, yeah, that's four defeats at home in a row at Goodison. Like, the fans hate it. The board disappears. Can't manage it. Lampard, honestly, Lampard's probably the biggest victim. Well, he's just a victim as well, really. Like, it's an impossible job. It's just, it's awful. He's not doing a great job, admittedly, but there's a lot. There's a lot of extra stuff to worry about. But that's what's so funny about mm-hmm. the Prem. We were saying Lampard was doing a good, good job, like, two months ago. Last pod, we were like, Nathan Jones is done. In one week, Nathan Jones has won three games in a row in all comps. Signs of life out of nowhere. Southampton, mate. Southampton are coming. They're only three Curse of the commentator. Yeah, real... real we, we really have a knack of uh, calling people out when they're about to go on an absolute spin. So, yeah. you know, I like to think we can take some credit for it, but credit to Southampton, a little bit of life in a team that otherwise looked destined to go down, to be perfectly honest. And um, Everton really are in the mud, a broken club that we are looking at right now. And it is sad to see, but it's not that sad for me. So anyway, on to two more clubs that are desperate for a win. Nottingham Forest 2, Leicester City 0, we're finally there. <laughs> <laughs> and been looking, um, you've been looking forward to this one for five minutes now, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brennan Johnson what a little player terrific yeah. little player he's yeah. done really well he did it he finally did it he's been all about good running all season but he finally did it and scored some good goals two good goals mm-hmm. two goals for him two assists for Morgan Gibbs-White it's like one's a big money signing one's a homegrown you know best homegrown player they've had in years and it's just nice mate they've, they've somehow meshed those two things together in this wild wild transfer strategy They've actually, they're actually making it work now. And I know, yeah. I know. I think, oh, you know what? So much, so much respect for the owner of Nottingham Forest to just actually give Steve Cooper a new contract at a time when they were literally languishing at the bottom yeah. of the table with a mishmash team that had no hope, and now they're reaping the benefits of that faith. 
You know, three wins from their last five, one loss, one draw. That is great form for a team like Nottingham Forest who have come up. It's phenomenal form. That is solid Europa League chasing form right there. And yeah, up to 13, mm-hmm. three points clear of Leicester. Three points clear of Leicester. How's that happened? So another major six-pointer. And my conclusion, it turns out making lots of signings is much better than making no signings. So there you go. Chelsea, there is hope. Make <laughs> all the signings. It'll work out eventually. Yes, that's it, Chelsea. Just keep spending money and keep giving them seven-year contracts because that <laughs> is going to get you back to the top. It's not going to bankrupt you in about two years when you have no money left, but A- keep absolutely going. Absolutely not. Don't worry about um, But I really... I just want to focus on Brennan Johnson. I feel like Wales fans feel like he is the next heir to Gareth Bale's throne. That could be hyperbole. Yeah, it most definitely is hyperbole. He's, but he's definitely not getting He is a very levels, exciting player. But he is a good player. He's a good player. For Wales, he'll be a very good player. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Now, <laughs> Agent Jack has been uh, in the mixer and Sean Dyche was uh, attending the game. Mate. What do you reckon? I you couldn't reckon believe it. I've talked about the man so much. You actually see him in the flesh. It gave me shivers, mate. It gave me goosebumps. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I've dreamt of this moment for months. And he's here. He's right here in the stands. So, listen, I've got two things to say. Leicester, don't even hesitate. Get rid of Brendan. Get Sean in ASAP. And Everton, this is it now. You're either going down or you get Sean Deitch and you pay him whatever he wants. No, you know what it is. You know what it is it's West Ham Leicester and Everton who's gonna fucking blink first and get Sean yeah. Dyson to save yeah. their season and whoever does 100%. will stay up I can see him all Facts. three same yeah oh yeah yeah I don't even feel like Leicester are in trouble I know they are they are they definitely are in trouble but I think Leicester have enough about them even though they've lost four on the bounce but I think they've got enough about them to stay up yeah I feel like he should go to West Ham that's the thing it's they're deceptive because they look good then they don't score any goals and then they lose so they're just they're odd they're a weird team mm. without Madison they're mm. they're actually useless it turns out weirdly um, well so yeah, not so weirdly know, but I yeah what but do you reckon anyway. then before we move on what's your next what's your bet where do you think he's going to go I think Sean Dyche should go to Everton and I think that fits him best because he wanted money to spend at Burnley and he had none he has buying players for like 100k and even though Everton are broke, they got a lot of assets they could sell. And then a new stadium. You know, like, he if he can turn it around, he's got a really nice job there to work with because the, the bar is so low right now as well. It's just don't be horrendous. And then everything else, like, he can reap the benefits. So it's, like, high potential, low risk for him. Yeah. And they're desperate. He'll get a decent contract. Well, they're... Bookies, I hope you're taking note. Sean Dyche's agent, Jack bateman has just spoken about his potential next move. <laughs> Put the odds on. You're welcome. You're welcome. We'll see you at Goodison Park. Anyway, hey, Aston Villa 2, Leeds United 1. Yeah, yeah, I think Jesse Master's in trouble, mate. He's also in trouble, isn't he? He, he is. is running out of time. Yeah, again, though, they played well. Like I thought like Leeds played well. In this game, Doesn't matter. I actually think Doesn't they matter. outplayed Villa for the majority of the game, and they were just kept up by some really good goalkeeping, some really last-minute defending. No clues on. To be fair, was. you're right. Actually, no, 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 no. And the linesman. That's absolutely right. They absolutely dominated it. Let's be fair. They did. Yeah, but then at what point do you say they keep playing well, but they keep losing? 
maybe this is also on them for some reason. Maybe they're doing some stuff wrong that's making this happen. But yeah, I actually thought they played really well and it's <laughs> got nothing from it again. Like Villa brought in Alex Moreno, the 29-year-old Spanish left-back to provide cover and competition for Luca Digne, who I'm a big fan of. And Luca Digne got injured and went off after 10 minutes. So that is some serious intuition from Unai Emery. And Alex Moreno <laughs> goes and makes one truly goal-saving block in the first half. And now Villa fans love him. So Yeah, what a way to endear yourself to the fans, eh? That's how you do a good transfer, you know? <laughs> you sense what's coming, you get the right guy, you don't tell anyone the price, and then he does something great. And that's it. He can ride on that for games now. Games and games and games. And then, yeah, Amen. Buendia scored Amen. the other goal, which looks offside, wasn't offside. But, yeah, just Villa, just decent since Emery came in. They're solid. They didn't play that well. They've ground it out and they've won. Leeds played better, dominated the game, didn't score any goals until Bamford came on. So, what what have we really learned that we didn't already know, really? Nothing. It's a weird it's a weird one, isn't it? It's hard to take away anything because I feel like the best team lost. Yeah. But we need to respect that Villa ground it out in true Unai way. Perennial underdog Unai, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who he plays for. Yeah, mate, a weird yeah. one, but yeah. I don't know what else to say. I I think we should also take a moment to appreciate Leon Bailey scoring off three minutes after all those sleepless nights. This is he true. He slept like a baby <laughs> Friday evening. And he deserves every bit of it. He's a good lad. So, well done to you, Leon. I hope you slept very well Friday. It's true. You know, on a, on a side note, there's nothing better than seeing a player just care. As a fan of a club, the minimum you expect is them just to care. Mm-hmm. Just to care. Just take a bit of pride. And Bailey owned up, took some accountability. It's very rare. It's very rare that we see that from football players these days. And... He's reaping his benefits. And I would be surprised if he doesn't become a cult hero at the whole end at Aston Villa. Because he's the kind of exciting maverick that you want in your team, you know? He's like Nicolas Pepe, but with a bit more bark. And that's certainly a player that I can get behind. So Villa have the nucleus of a good team there. And I think with Unai in charge, they have a manager able to extract the best from them as well. So watch that space. A great sacking of Gerrard. Massive level up getting Unai in. Yeah, dream appointment. They've got the best possible coach they could and it's going so well. Like, I, I, it's actually hard to remember how rubbish Villa actually were under Gerrard. Like, they were, they oh, were, they were the kind of level that Everton are right now or like Southampton. They were honestly atrocious. And now, if they get, mm-hmm. if they get their transfer strategy together and make it a bit more clinical, they're going to be in that dangerous sort of top 10, but sort of top eight contenders place you know duking it out with the best of the rest and just being a threat being a nasty place to go I agree speaking I of agree. nasty so places to, to go me. Brentford 2 Bournemouth nil. Brentford it's not a nice place to go this was the single no. most predictable result of the whole weekend Brentford are probably the most informed team apart from United and Arsenal and Bournemouth haven't taken a point since they gave Mark uh, what's his name Gary O'Neill Gary O'Neill. And lo and behold, it played out exactly like that, really. Did we learn anything? No, we didn't. Bournemouth looked short on quality compared to everyone else. They just looked like a championship team, really. And they punched above their weight for a bit. But they are a championship they're just, team. They're it's just sad, strong. They are a championship team. They're just strugs. Mm. And zero goals, zero points in their last four games. Not looking good. 
post-World Cup doesn't look good, Brev. Doesn't no. look good. And as you say, this is this is the most expected result of the weekend. I don't even need to go into it too much, to be fair. Easily a penalty from Sinesi onto Tony. Well... That's how it is, man. Well, was it, though? Because when you actually look at it, what's actually happened is Ivan Tony's got Sinesi's arm in an armbar. You know, you know, <laughs> do you ever in wrestling, you hold the arm and then you just, like, <laughs> DDT them into the floor? That's basically what he's done, but he's just DDT'd Sinesi and himself into the floor. It was a bit like <laughs> it was a bit like Ramos on Salah, you know, where he just flipped him. So I actually think Ivan Tony has just done him here. He's just absolutely. What do you think done he's, him. he's played? Him Ivan there. Tony has armbarred Sanessi and then just fallen over and been like, "He chopped me. He's absolutely chopped me." And it worked. <laughs> and you knew the after thing that. Is, now that they've got the VAR, you think that they've got an extra, you know, like an extra barrier of checking things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. It's it's clever play from Ivan Tony, but he's a wily centre-forward, and that's the way it goes, well, mate. It, that's the way it goes. It's just straight-up illegal. I can see why Gary O'Neill's fuming, but that's what happens, mate. You get done for naivety, unfortunately. Although I'm not really sure what you can do about mm. just getting, getting DDT'd, but whatever. And after that, <laughs> Ivan Tony on the pens. This is the banker. Never. <laughs> This is the banker. <laughs> Never fails. Yeah. yeah. He's got such a good technique for pens. Really mm-hmm. does. Really does. Sikes them out. Very he just, he sikes them out. He waits and sees and they just smash it in. And then even if even if they don't move, he's like, all right then, top bins. It's undefeated. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right. <laughs> don't play me, bro. Don't play me. I'm Ivan Tony, mate. Yeah, guess Bet what? On that. I don't get psyched yeah. out. Don't you worry. But yeah, nice. he's... He's got 13 goals, mate. 13 Ice in the veins, goals. mate. I know, I know. Underrated. He's got that cloud over him with the whole betting drama, but that's why people won't touch him. But otherwise, he'd be nailed on for a big move this summer. Yeah. With form like this. For especially because last season as well, he was terrific. So he's just really good at yeah, this point. Weird one. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna smash 20 goals realistically this season, which is the benchmark of like a top class Premier League striker. Because who actually gets over 20 goals? Last season it was only Salah and Son. So it's actually nobody, really. Mm. So mm. this season it would probably mm. be just him, Kane, and Haaland. Maybe Salah. Not looking very probably. likely. Um, yeah. So yeah, if he doesn't get banned for the rest of eternity, he could be a very expensive target for someone. I think so. I'd love to take Ivan Tony as a striker. Yeah. Into the Arsenal team. I think he offers something very, very specific that our current strikers don't and I think a lot of teams will look at that so watch that space don't let's say just hope it, he doesn't get banned for eternity don't like say so. it too loud mate because Todd listens to this podcast and he's just noting this down oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's true Todd Todd please <laughs> he's like I'm you're taking Tony. everyone dude interesting <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> the boys are from the back seat spoke highly of him. I'll put 100 mil on that. <laughs> Apparently, he's fitting well at Arsenal. <laughs> Ten year contract. <laughs> oh, oh my God. We joke, but genuinely, like, they've got like four directors of football and their strategy is literally just looking at what everyone else is doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, it's like, there's so many middle managers right now. Oh. It's, it's amazing. Fuck me. He's just playing he's plus playing roulette. He's just got like top fifty Wonder Kids roulette and he's just putting it on black. <laughs> he's just, he's just, he's just having fun, isn't he? 
We're just watching someone just have a bit of fun. Just having a bit of fun. I actually think he's just a bit, a bit having a bit of fun. Yeah, like, he's like, this is so different from baseball. Let's just go mad. Like, let's just go. Yeah. But yeah, you know, enough. But honestly, we should do a Chelsea cast one day just, just to get it off our chest. But anyway, before we do that, Wolverhampton Wanderers won. West Ham United nil. Hmm. Moyes out? What do you think? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm not a West Ham fan, but... I think but he's got to go soon. This, yeah. This was the uh, the third I mean, and final relegation of three-pointer of the weekend. And, yeah, mate, it was Wolves going back to basics. What did they do last season? They won mm. every game 1-0, or they drew 0-0, or they lost 1-0. But they don't ever, ever score two. No one scores two in a Wolves game. And so it was just a welcome return for Wolves fans. Nice clean sheet for them. And they leapfrogged. They leapfrogged West Ham, mate. West Ham at 18th now. I know. Wolves I know. 17th. I know. Look at that bottom three. West Ham, Everton, Southampton. Shocker. Relegation battle has never looked sexier than this year because yeah. it's anyone's guess. It is anyone's guess on who's going down this year. There's still 19 games for most teams to go and I wouldn't want to call it. There's only seven. There's only five points between 13th and 20th. It's so that's good, the best isn't way it? To call because it. even now, every week yeah. changes so much. It's crazy. It's really exciting. I think the relegation battle and the top four battle this year will be the best ones in recent memory because it's, it's actually impossible to say, really. I don't feel comfortable yeah. about any of my choices anymore. Every time I think I'm comfortable, they then go and win a few games. And I'm like, oh, I just don't know. I just can't oh, call mate, it. It's, it's impossible. It's impossible to call and let's just enjoy it. It's a great season where predictability has seeped into every other league, it seems. This is the league that... Mm-hmm. It just keeps throwing up surprises. It just week to week, you cannot predict it. You just can't predict it. And I love that about this league. I love it. I fucking love it. Maybe I'm saying that because we're eight points clear at the top and I'm four points deep. But all the same, I absolutely <laughs> love it. But can we just say before we move on, massive goal from Daniel Podence, wasn't it? What yeah, a goal, son! A very very nice goal. Two goals in two games for him, and I think that's also four points gained from his goals in those two games. So he is doing bits right now doesn't feel like a sustainable model because it was only their 12th goal of the season so I don't feel great about relying on Daniel Pudence to score like really good goals every game but you know they've got enough of sort of samey samey players that hopefully one of them will pop up with a goal I mean Matthias Nunes is supposed to be a goal scoring midfielder and he's like pretty average Ruben Neves is good for a couple this Cunha guy he looks quite good not sure if he's going to bring the goals but again He's basically Neto, Pedenz, take your pick. They're all the same. Damatore, low-scoring, tricky winger players. They've already activated the 50 mil release clause on Mateus Kuna. That was ballsy. Kunya. That's just it. You know what the clause was? He plays three games. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, damn. And they activate it. Compulsory, mandatory. So, Wolves are definitely planning for another season in the Prem. Make no mistake about that. Make oh, no mistake. Damn. They that are planning another risk. another year in the Prem. It is. It is. It is high stakes at the bottom of the Prem and it's amazing to see what people will do. But to see Wolves dropping 50 mil, it hurts, doesn't it? You're like, why are Arsenal and Liverpool not spending any bloody money? Yeah, well, you know, we did spend some money, to be fair. It hasn't helped, but we actually did. Um, West Ham, another defeat, one point in seven now. And 
I think the most damning thing about West Ham is they don't look like they have any sort of cohesion or plan in terms of attacking. Like we said it last week when they beat um, when they beat Leeds. Was it Leeds or they drew against Leeds? And you had Skabaka's like ridiculous long shot and then a penalty. And you're like, that's not a strategy. That's not a cohesive team. And no. last season they were so good. No, no, no. Like Jared Bowen was cutting in. Like Antonio was kind of dropping deep and like, it just made more sense. Now there doesn't seem to be a plan and when there's no plan... Um, and you're losing every game, it's got to go. Something's got to change. And they've gone big in Paqueta and Skamaka, so it ain't going to be the team. So I think Moisey's just just bought players that he couldn't he couldn't work with, and he's just dug his own grave, unfortunately. They've tried to expand themselves as a football club in terms of their kind of... the players that they have... But like you say, Moisey is not the continental manager to to get the best out of these players. And Skamaka and Paqueta smack of... That's just not a player that Moisey would want. You know, exactly. He wants a battering ram. He wants a Fellaini-type player. He needs a big brute. He doesn't need tricky wingers. He's already got Jared Bowen, which he'd done his best with. But Paqueta is just a step too far, mate. He doesn't speak Portuguese, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so You know that that's a just... lost translation with those two. Imagine coming there and you've got this down yeah. You're just like... Huh? <laughs> like, what? All lost in translation for sure. But yeah, if West Ham go down, you've it's come from be, like sexy Leon. Yeah, it's gonna be a bloodbath. It's bro. yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a bloodbath. It's gonna be a bloodbath. Bath. on his way anyway in the summer. Uh huh. So selfishly, yeah. from a Liverpool perspective, see you later, Hammers, mate. <laughs> Enjoy the champo. I hope it makes you happy. Yeah, it's they've, be... they've had their time in the sun. You know, they could have won Europa League last year, but they flopped, and this is what you get. And then. We could finally buy Paqueta, just like I wanted, and then get Declan Rice as well, and then we'll be a, we'll be a lot better. Um, all right, on to the final game, and if you're still with us, listener, you've done very well because we might have packed the first very session well. with way too many good games. We did not pad it out. These have been noticeably more comparison. <laughs> Um, but that's the way it goes, you know. If you're a Newcastle or a Fulham fan, don't take this personally. But your game's really boring. So Newcastle won. It was. Nil. There was just two, two points that we need to touch on, mm-hmm. which was the penalty. <laughs> I watched this live in the pub, and it was amazing. Hundred <laughs> percent a penalty. All right, I'm going to put my cards on the table. One hundred percent a penalty. Mm-hmm. No doubt in my mind. Absolutely cleaned him out. Doesn't matter that the Cove Reed stepped on his foot, tripped his foot. It was still a foul because he didn't get the ball. Yeah. Felt so bad for Mitrovic. Felt awful for Mitrovic. Uh, when it went in, I thought, oh, that looks a bit weird. Oh, that looked really weird. Yeah. Um, and he's just kicked it onto his boot. And I, I suspect, I suspect that there was a bit of shithousery involved from Nick Pope and the Newcastle players. I'm sure someone's been stamping on that. That penalty spot where his left foot planted. Scandalous. And just Scandalous making sure he accusations, man. I'm sure of it, you know. I'm sure. Newcastle got a bit of dark arts about them. I think they do. Mm-hmm. I think they do. After the time wasting at the Emirates last week, I think. <laughs> I think. It's going to be very hard to get a point at fucking St. James's Park because them guys, solid. And I thought Fulham played amazing. Amazing. Against a very informed team. Mm. And Fulham deserve 100% to be where they are. All I say is, Marco Silva, stay at the club this time. Do not go to Everton again. Goodness <laughs> me. If they come calling, just say no. Just say no, dude. Declined. You've got a good thing there in West London. Yeah. Declined. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, that's interesting because, yeah, yeah, I watched the highlights and I thought, it seemed like Newcastle just dominated the game, really, and the chances. They just 
could put them away. Again, it seems like Almiron stopped scoring now, so that's an issue for Newcastle. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it just seemed like it was going to be like a Fulham smash and grab masterclass, like one shot on target, one goal, see you later, break us down if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really understand why there's a rule specifically that is, the penalty is not allowed to touch your other foot. Or is it more just you can't take two touches? So to stop people exactly moving that. closer to the goal and then shoot Exactly that. Exactly that. It's, I've got no complaints. And I don't think any Fulham fan leave. It's just very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate what happened to him. But the rule he is just slipped. The rule he is slipped. not the rule is not for this scenario, really. So like was it really necessary to apply it? No, but Ah, oh, damned if you do, damned if you don't, if you're the official. But he played it by the book, which is ultimately his job. So yeah, it just seems... can't have too many complaints, mate. I, I'd feel hard done by for Fulham, but you know what? They've lost one nil way to Newcastle, and they've beaten Chelsea at home in the last four days. I think oh, it's, it's been a good week good for Fulham fans. Make make no mistake, it's been a good. Pardon me, it's been a good week for him. Yeah, and it would be a perfect result for Newcastle had it not been for one, as you've put it, a major blemish. And I agree. Jamirish left the stadium on crutches. Massive loss. Massive loss. Hopefully, it's not too serious if you're a Newcastle fan. But never good when a player leaves on crutches, mate. I'll tell you that now. Nah, it's not good. And he's he's honestly probably the stand-up player. Like he makes them tick. He's creative. He's he's just brilliant. Really, he's one of the best midfielders in the league. I'm a bit gutted that. Liverpool didn't buy him because God, he would have really sorted us out. That's how good he is. He'd walk into Ooh. any midfield, probably in world football right now. So that's a big one. That's a real big one. Yeah, completely agree. Oh my God, sorry. I just pulled Twitter up and saw a picture of Mudrick in a Chelsea top. I'm absolutely dead. I'm dead. <laughs> triggered again. I can't cope. <laughs> I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to cry myself to sleep now. I'm going to have to cut it short. I can't deal with this, guys. I can't believe it, Todd. Todd, why are you doing this to us, Todd? All right? I thought Roman was bad. Oh, Mate, it's personal. It's literally personal. I don't know what's happened, but it's personal. Maybe there's some, like, Stan Kroenke beef. On that side, of the maybe game. there is. There maybe there's some, you know, like some American corned beef going on like, that I don't understand. Like for example, cause... maybe Stan Kroenke took Todd Bowley's team's best player at some point, you know, and now he's just yeah. Like, maybe just, we've raided the Dodgers. Yeah, he's just gunning for them now. I don't even know if isn't it one's baseball, one's fucking. Bro, who cares? I don't know. Anyway, Todd, stop it! <laughs> stop it, Todd. I don't know, honestly, if there's any Dodgers fans listening to me, can someone write into us and tell us what Todd Bowley's like in other sports? Is he this much of a cunt in other sports? Because then <laughs> I feel a little bit better. He's saving it just for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's worked so or is hard he just his whole being life. So spiteful, man. Yeah. Is he just being so spiteful to Arsenal? Like, am I am I overthinking this? Because I can't sleep. I'm rattled. I'm fucking. You rattled, are mate. I stayed up two hours past my bedtime. I am. Look. I'll, oh, I'll tell you what I'll well, say again. There you go. It's not going to work out. I'm. I feel pretty confident on this one. This feels like a. Well, no, I feel confident too, but it's not going to work, bro. Then you'll be laughing. The Arsenal fans just just give him so much hate that his mental health is affected and he doesn't play well. Okay, it's awful. All right, but cyber bully the fuck out of him because he, <laughs> he twerked for us, he cock teased us, <laughs> and now he's signed for the next pretty thing down the road. It's out fucking rageous. <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> you, you've been, you've actually been done. He's used to. He's done you there. I don't even think he wanted this move necessarily. 
I just think it's just happened. I think Shakhtar. Have been I, like, I know. I feel bad for him, but not bad enough to not troll him. Embarrassing. <laughs> oh, this is the first time the that I've stooped to. <laughs> FC Shakhtar English is going to get it. FC Shakhtar English, you're coming down, son. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> you trolling me on a fucking Sunday like that. You fuckers, yeah. honestly. I'm, I'm done. I'm done, Zoe. Let's just... Yeah, let's, oh, whatever. Let's just finish the pod. Let's there end the go. pod. Chelsea fans, I hope you're happy with your sad little lives, mate. All right? We'll see you in seven years when he's 30 years old and he scored two goals, mate. Oh, <laughs> there you anyway. go. Chelsea fans, Hugh is thoroughly <laughs> rattled, so well played. That was your intention. I'm so fucking rattled, man. You've rattled him. Arsenal fans are livid, but that's what the North London derby's all about, mate. To cleanse all of that bad vibes. So, yeah. You know, the worst part before we leave is FC Shakhtar English's Twitter page has doubled the amount of followers and they're all Arsenal fans. <laughs> embarrassing we are an embarrassing fan base and we got played again like <laughs> it never ends it never ends one day uh, one day but yeah as always thank day. you everyone we'll for listening and socials mate yeah. follow us on socials from the backseat twitter insta tiktok you name it well don't name it because we're actually only on those three but whatever don't worry about that and most importantly, we'll be back next weekend for another great episode of Premier League Action. So thank you very much. If you enjoy Hugh Four Points Deep, we can definitely make that happen on a more regular basis. Um, until then, mm. good night. Yes, thank you so much for listening. Apart from you, Chelsea fans, fuck you. Goodbye.